This episode of the AT Tips Cast is sponsored by TextHelp, provider of the award-winning literacy solution, Read and Write Gold. Is your child or student struggling with reading and writing? Read and Write Gold from TextHelp can help. Read and Write Gold's text-to-speech software is for individuals with reading or writing difficulties, those with learning disabilities such as dyslexia, and English language learners. Its customizable toolbar integrates with common applications and provides support tools for reading, writing, studying, and research. The TextHelp web apps allow users to access their favorite read-and-write features in the cloud, anywhere, anytime. And have you heard about the new iRead-Write app for the iPad? TextHelp's newest app makes reading easier and ensures accurate writing as you use your iPad for school, work, or leisure. To learn how the Read and Write family of products can help your struggling student, visit TextHelp.com or call 1-888-248-0652. That's 1-888-248-0652. And as a special offer from now until May 31st, 2013, you can receive 10% off any online order of Read and Write Gold by entering the code ATTIPS13SAVE10 upon checkout. That's ATTIPS, the numeral 13, SAVE, the numeral 10. Order your copy today! I'm programming! Let's program with Scratch! I made a bat fly. I love programming. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bouguet. This is episode 117, recorded on May 25th, 2013. A few weeks ago, I attended a professional development workshop put on by one of my colleagues, Keith Hicks. Keith is the technology resource teacher at Woodgrove High School in Percival, Virginia, and the workshop was on a free web-based tool called Scratch. The workshop had me engaged the entire time, both by the content and the style of the presentation. The entire workshop had us using Scratch to actually create short, fully functioning programs, each with our own individualized, customized flair. As I participated in the training, my mind was racing with how this tool could be used by any student, including students with disabilities, as a totally immersive, functional, meaningful activity that would help practice and reinforce a wide range of skills and abilities, including sequencing, logic, reasoning, problem solving, visual spatial relationships, temporal concepts, determination, creativity, and the list goes on. I asked Keith if we could get together for an interview so he could share a little bit of his experience with Scratch on the AT Tips cast. He agreed, so please enjoy AT Tip number 358, Scratch. My grandma is old-fashioned. Dad says they broke the mold, whatever that means. She's got an old gas stove. It's like a treasure trove. She lights with a man. Making everything I mean everything from scratch. Thanks for being here on the AT Tips Cast. Uh, now tell me, tell us about Scratch. What is Scratch? Scratch is an, an online programming environment uh, developed by the Lifelong Kindergarten Group at MIT. It's really geared towards younger kids. Um, it's uh, my, my own daughter uh, participates in it, and she's 10, and it's all drag and drop. So, and, and really the way it's, it's made or developed 
it, it kind of lends the kids to sort of think about sequencing, sort of critical thinking skills, math skills, that sort of thing. Um, but the the interface is very easy to use, and uh, I've become a, a big fan of it. Now, when I first heard of Scratch, it was a software install. So it was something that I said, oh, this I have to install it. It was free to use. It's always been free to use. Right. But um, it was an install, and I thought, well, I can't really use that with my teachers because we'd have to go through some whole uh, process of getting that installed on, onto uh, computers. You know, we have a process. So, um, so I kind of put it on the back burner, like I'm not going to start to explore it. But then uh, it became web-based, and you did a presentation, and that's when I went to the presentation. That was really my first introduction to Scratch. And so the layout, the way I saw it was, uh, there was like a canvas, right? Mm -hmm. And then a place where you do the programming. And that, the programming part, kind of looked like, it reminded me of like puzzle pieces that you're putting together. Yeah. That's a very good analogy. In fact, I think that was the idea, was to, to make it like uh, puzzle pieces. And they all snap together. And uh, some pieces snap within other pieces, uh, so they have different shapes, that sort of thing. So the way you put the puzzle pieces together impacts what's happening on the canvas. Sure. Um, so that's how that was my introduction. Was actually sitting in your presentation about it. I mean, our workshop about it. Um, but what was your introduction? How did you really get involved with Scratch? Uh, well, I, I this two years ago, my daughter, who was nine at the time, asked me to start a. Um, a STEM class, a science club for her and her friends. And I didn't do it the first year, but I did do it this past year. And as part of the the whole technology aspect of STEM, I went ahead and purchased computers. And my wife and I, we bought eight computers. But computers are a lot cheaper than they used to be. Sure. Because uh, our first computer we bought, which did nothing, was $2,400. And yeah, you know, so I went out and bought eight computers for for ballpark about what you know, twelve fifteen years ago one computer would have cost. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big of an investment. So anyway, I, I bought the stuff, and the second group, uh, second session we did last during the winter was uh, programming with Scratch, and uh, we used the one point four version, which was the the older version, the, the install version. Um, and then we did another session in the spring, which we got to use the, the new 2.0 version, the web-based version. And there's a big difference. Um, but, you know, I'm such an advocate of, of kids learning by doing. And that's really how I got involved with Scratch, because it allows kids to learn from doing. So they go in and they kind of just experiment and play with it, that sort of thing? Or did you have sort of... Um Let's try and create something. Let's create a snowman or something. I don't know what. Yeah, I, I've been reading books on the project-based learning ideas. and So I, I try to come up with goals for them, um, but I try not to tell them how to get there. Mm -hmm. you know, I introduce one aspect of, of some tools for them to, to, to sort of think about using, but I, I didn't give them the, the exact route on how to get there. Just let them create for the most part. Just sure. You, you guide them, not... Tell them this is how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, I talked to my wife about this interview last night. You know, we all talk to our wives, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, all the I know, time. I, I know you do. I, I don't do anything without my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, you know, I, and, and you had sent me some questions, and I really thought about this. I said, you know, I've taught chemistry for a thousand years. And the, the, the mark of success in chemistry for me has always been if I can take it 
take a group of 30 kids, and at the end of the school year, they can do a problem, and they all do it exactly the same way, and they all show me the same steps with the same units and the same labels and the same answer, I've been successful. But really, that's not learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's really not. Right. It's functional. It works. It's easy. Yeah, it's, it's, what we know, it's what we've always done right. in education. Mm -hmm. it, but scratch, you know, you, you just give the kids an endpoint. Here, this is an objective. You can even figure out how to fulfill that objective. What do you, what do you want the, the objective to be for you? And then you can start building a program. Doesn't mean you can't help them. Um, doesn't mean you're not there to support them. But it does mean that you allow them to, to sort of develop their own understanding of where they want to go. Now, what has the feedback been from the, the people participating in the club? Your your daughter and, her, and the friends. Did they they what kind of comments have they made or anything uh, that oh, they, jumps out? They've loved it. I mean, I have parents who who want more of this sort of thing. Um, you know, in the county, we're doing it this summer for summer camp, um, and it's interesting because um, they filled up instantly. Within a day, a couple of the camps were filled up. It is awesome, and uh, the, but the kids really, really enjoy. We, you were in the class we did, yeah, and that's the way the kids react. Uh, yeah, you guys are just like the kids. Yeah, our faces light up and like, yeah. oh, this is fun. Let's do this. Let's yeah. make something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, that that's how the kids react to it. And the parents, we did uh, at the end of our first session, we had the kids present to the parents, and the parents were really cool about it. Yeah. In fact, I had one parent who who's a teacher here in the county. And she goes, she goes, oh my goodness, she goes, for the first time I saw my son learning the way you're supposed to learn. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I know the, that night I went back and you know to the house and I have two kids and put them right on the computer and say, you got to see this, you got to see this. And then there were my daughter who's five. I'm programming. Yes. I'm programming. Just, just so excited, you know, because she understands by playing on the iPad and playing on the computer. She understands that there's something going on here. Someone creates this, and now she's creating something. It's just something very rudimentary. She made a bat fly back and forth on the screen, you know. But that's the fundamentals of what could grow to be something, something way bigger. <laughs> and you know, in in a, in a global aspect, we've got a lot of problems to solve. Hmm. And we need these kids to think creatively. We need them to think sort of on their own, outside of, of that chem chemistry, fill in the blanks, get the right units, get the right label, and you're done. Mm -hmm. uh, Coming so. up with the, the answers on their own without having it scripted. So, so let me ask, if you were to start a club, or if you were a teacher that was hearing this and being interested in, yeah, okay, I want to experiment with scra Scratch in my classroom, what are some getting started sort of tips you might give them? Well... You know, of course, I didn't have anyone to guide me. Mm -hmm. And if, if you do it that way, if you just go in and, and start doing it, doesn't make any sense at first. Um, mm -hmm. So I bought a book. And, and there are some good books out. I don't think there's any books out on the new version, though. Uh, but the MIT site does have a lot of resources on the new version already. If, you're, if you want to get started, okay. Don't, don't think that the very first time you do it, it's just really going to work. You know, it takes a while for it to become fun. It, you know, and it, you, know, you take those few baby steps and start to figure things out, and then all of a sudden it really does become fun. And, and, and that should be your expectation. Um, 
you know, I've written some real, real decent programs at this point. Uh, and but, and the the nice thing about Scratch is it really does offer a challenge, even if you've done programming before. Um, but if you've never done programming before, it it comes very quickly. I think if you're sort of willing to do the the logical sequential, you know, step thing. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I think I noticed that there was some tutorials or some getting started. Like here, try and make this sort of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. like you did in our in our workshop. It was let's see if you can draw a square. You know, and we right. start out very simple, and then you build upon that. Um, which it seems to me like that would be how you'd learn to do programming. Start something simple and keep growing. And, yeah, let me see what I can do next. And a lot of trial and error. Oh, what if I drop this thing here? What is it going to do? Oh, that's not what I wanted it to do. Let me take that out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my daughter, who's 10, she'll, she will get online and do Scratch just in her free time sometimes. The other day she was writing something. She needed a random number generator and... You know, I thought I'd have to re- show her how to do it again. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. She just, so she just went in and created yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. So. Just for fun. Well, I mean, yeah, with, with the program, yeah, yeah. The random numbers, you know, it, it's in there, you know, yeah, to, to create that. That's awesome. All right, so let me ask, um, have you thought about how this, because, you know, you work at the secondary level. I do, yes. Um your daughter's at the elementary level. She have, is. Have you thought about how a teacher would t- take this and integrate it into the classroom? Because you've been using it as kind of a cl- as clubs, right? Right. Yeah, I would say we're using it more as clubs. Although I did use it to introduce concepts, also. Sure. Um, and I don't know if I shared this within our, our our meeting, but for instance, the concept of gravity. Now everybody knows about gravity. Mm-hmm. Okay. But sort of look at gravity and mathematically. Is an entirely different idea, and so in our, our club, um, we 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 would go through and analyze programs. You know, look at the steps, see what this does, this does, and in one we uh, had a ball that would go up and back down, and in there there was a something that was being subtracted all the time, and I really didn't want to tell the kids what that was for, and then one of the kids goes, "That's gravity," and I was like. Yes, that's gravity. Yes. <laughs> you saw the light bulb go off, and they ex- could explain what it was. That's just amazing. Um, now, I think you showed us one like on temperature, too, right? How the relationship between cel- Celsius and Fahrenheit or something? Uh, I think probably the one I showed you was the, the relationship between density and temperature. Mm, okay. Was that the, the little old balls go up and down? Yes. 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 Uh, yeah, that's a program I wrote. And you pick a temperature... And the, the masses have different densities. So as the temperature changes, of course, the density of the liquid they're in changes too. So some of the balls start to float up, some sink, and then as the temperature changes more, you know, different things happen. So teachers could use the programs that someone else wrote as a, as a simulation sort of, sort of activity. Go and well, look at this, and here's a simulation. That's definitely something you know, I think teachers could wrap their brains around it. Oh, go, just go to the website and use this as a simulation, just like any other website. Right. But it's really more powerful than what than that, because it's really about the creating of the programming itself, right? Sure. And um, the, the kids can go in. The, the new version has a, a function called remixing. So you can go on, get a, open up a program, and then remix it and make it your own. And, and Scratch has community guidelines that are, are, are fairly specific. Uh, but one is, you know, you always give credit to the person you're remixing from, that sort of thing. 
Um, but then they can go in and change values. So, for instance, if somebody found the one that I wrote on the density and they want to go and change some of the values, they can. Now, they can't change my program, but they can change their, their own remixed version. Gotcha. So it's almost like they make a clone of yours, mm -hmm. and then they can play with your, your, that clone without affecting the original. Right. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and like you said, there's a community that, that has evolved around Scratch, and so people help each other out. How does, how does that work? Uh, well, it, it's, it's almost like a social media type environment. Uh, that you can follow other people making different uh, programs, and uh, the people involved are called scratchers. So if you program program scratcher, scratcher. So you're a scratcher. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know the uh, the environment is is real supportive. Uh, you, you you always have some people that that aren't aren't going to be positive, and and that's. We, we ran into that, actually, with uh, some of the kids I was working with. One of the kids goes, Mr. Hayes, that one has a bad word in it. And, and all I did was say, you know what, that's not how we act. I said, let's go ahead and report it, because there's a, a report function. Mm -hmm. And so we reported it, and we're just not going to go back there. Right. You and, took, and that was okay. Yeah, right, absolutely. It's a uh, teachable learning moment. That, that student has probably never even heard about reporting something before, right? I mean, not on the computer environment, right. but... Here, this is how we do it when there's someone acting inappropriately. Right. Um, but we also, kids would write programs and other people would comment on their programs, and they would give constructive criticism. Now, sometimes you could tell it was somebody who had some programming background going, well, if you used a variable like this, mm -hmm. then you, know, you could do this in a lot fewer steps. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'd go, what's he mean? <laughs> well, you know... Um, this is what he means, but you don't have to do it. Yeah, you you get to make your own programs, um, but in general, it's a really really positive environment for the kids because most of the comments are are just that positive and uh, useful. Awesome, awesome. So when I was sitting there in your um, in the in the workshop, and I was thinking, okay, what other types of students would use this? Uh, immediately, what came to mind to me was um, as extension activities or a break activity for students in the autism programs where they could maybe go, I mean, it wouldn't be just autism, it would be any program, but you go and you're going to work your, your you know, the Google 20% time, or you, you need to take a break, you go over and you work on Scratch, and this is your project that you're working on maybe for a couple months, you know, or whatever, however long the duration is. But you go and you take your break and you're just working on Scratch and working on your program. Now it's time to go back and we're going to do the next activity. And maybe three or four times a day you get on in 15-minute intervals or 20-minute intervals to work on Scratch. And I, there's so many students, like I said, really autism is what was flashing in my brain when I, when I saw the program, but really it's any student. But um, that could think at first start linearly and then move around it to have these relation uh, relationship values. You know? So anyway, did you have any ideas about who could use it or why you'd use it? Uh, actually, um, we you know here at the high school we, we have some kids who are lower level learners, and I have thought that it would be appropriate for some of these kids to to use to learn different concepts in math and science and have talked to one of our teachers about this already. I, the last time, when I went down and talked to her about it, um, the site was down, so I could show it to her. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm sort of headed, you know, where you are, 
on that very thing. Um, I did do some uh, work at one of the, the elementary schools and had a kid that had autism. Um, and, and that's not my domain, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it was okay. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, two of the boys, one was this young man with the autism and another boy, they were mortal enemies. In fact, both parents had warned me. They said, you know, both those boys will be in there. Keep them as far apart from each other as you can. And it actually turned out to be okay. They were like, oh, we're going to be friends now because we're doing Scratch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And that really did happen. Yeah. yeah. So I, maybe that, did they do that um, just, did they do that through the community where they're commenting on or just sitting side by side they, or they'd come over and you had to sh uh, wanted to get up and show what, they had, what they've done in Scratch and so they'd make comments. I mean, how did the social interaction in Work. The the kids moved around the class mm -hmm. that I that I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it wasn't a big group, and it's it's interesting. Um, boys respond so differently to it than girls do, uh, because I, I've worked mostly with girls, but this group was just boys, uh -huh. um, and uh, they 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 tend to be a little more competitive. <laughs> okay. uh, but they they also would go from you know. One of them said, I need some help, and, and someone would go over and help them out. Uh, show them, well, maybe try it this way. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, uh, there's a lot of that, and I think everyone had something to offer in that environment. Yeah, it sounds like uh, just this awesome collaborative experience for the kids. Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, yeah. but I, you know, it's not all about collaboration. Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes kids need to work by themselves. Absolutely, and it gives and, you that flexibility. And, and they did get to work by themselves, too. You sit there, kind of get in your own head about how's the best way to do this problem. I want to create something on the screen. I want to work through the problem. I'm going to try trial and error. And I have um, avenues to get help if I need it. I can go online to the community, or I can talk to the people, my, my instructor, or um, really facilitator more than instructor. Yeah, I, I think so. And then, or or ask my buddy who's sitting next to me. Hey, uh, I'm stuck here. Can you help me work through this this problem? So it's, it's a cool thing. Any final thoughts about Scratch? Did you like to, people to know? Uh, I I just think it's a really good tool for kids in the, the fourth and fifth grade to to start learning how to, to put together ideas in a way that makes sense in a sequential manner sort of develop those critical thinking skills. And I know those sound like buzzwords. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, but it works. Yeah. They're meaningful uh, and, buzzwords. And it, it <laughs> changes the way kids think about things. So, I'm a big fan. From scratch. From scratch. I'd like to send out a big thanks to Keith for taking the time to participate in the interview. If you want to know more about Scratch, check it out at scratch.mit.edu. That's scratch.mit.edu. Right from the main page, you'll see a link for educators that takes you to a page full of ideas for how other educators are using and implementing Scratch. There's links to other educators in the Scratch community, a curriculum guide, and many, many, many other resources. I hope you take a look at Scratch and consider exploring it with your students. Now, before we sign off, I have just a few quick announcements. First, 
Beth Poss and I will be presenting at the Texas Assistive Technology Network Conference on June 11th. We're presenting all day on Mission Possible, Proliferating a Culture of Universal Design for Learning. If you're attending that conference, we'd love it if you stopped by to see us. Also, on July 19th, myself and Mark Nichols will be doing the opening keynote session for a special one-day conference about differentiation, hosted by the Virginia Society for Technology and Education. The event is called Bridging the Gap, and it's taking place at the Northern Virginia campus at Shenandoah University in Loudoun County, Virginia. There's a $50 fee, but man, it's going to be worth it. There's going to be multiple sessions on ways to differentiate instruction. There will be practical sessions about designing lesson plans, 3D printing and the makerspace movement, digital storytelling, using audio in the classroom, technology to support executive functioning, gesture-based learning, adapted books, exploring the accessibility features in iOS devices, implementing QR codes and augmentative reality applications, and much, much more. If there's any way you can make it, I promise promise you it will be a great time. Oh, and did I mention Keith will be there too sharing Scratch. You can find out more about the event at bit.ly slash btg visti 2013. That's btg vste 2013. Of course, I'll have links to everything over at the blog attipscast.com. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, may all your strategies be supportive, and may you start creating programs from scratch.